So we're I ready to start this, here. Let's this, go. This filter so cool that we are... <laughs> Why? Can we just start? Father, we thank you for this, this day. We ask that you bless this reading, God, of your word, Father, and that um, <clears throat> we push through the year and just learn more from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Chapter 18 of Genesis, <clears throat> verse 1. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great tree of Mamre, where he was sitting in the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from his entrance to the tent meeting, then bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you, uh, do as you say. So Abraham hurried on to the tent of Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seahs of fine flour and knead it and make, break some, uh, bake some bread. Then he ran to the tree, to the herd, and, and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to the servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds of milk and calf and had them prepared and set them before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife Sarah, they asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out, my master is old, I will now have this pleasure. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at an appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, and she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. When the men got up to leave, they looked towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely be, become a great and powerful nation. All nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see it, see it, what they have done is as bad as the outcry that re reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Be not the judge of all the earth. Do right. The Lord said, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been so bold to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, he spoke to him and said, what if 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord 
not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found? He answered, I will not do it if I find 30. Abraham said, now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? The Lord said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak once more. What if only 10 can be found? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. The two angels arrived in Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My Lord, he said, please turn aside your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did, they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared with uh, a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, uh, and they ate. But before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out so we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, do not do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do whatever you like with them. But do not do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. And they said, This fellow came here as an alien. Now he wants to play the judge. Will you treat we will treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness. They could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, daughters, or, or anyone else in the city who belong to you? Get them out of here because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against his people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws who were pledged to marry his daughters. And he said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord's about to destroy the city. But his, his son-in-laws thought he was joking. So Lot had no influence. Why? Because he lived and he was doing everything everybody else was doing. He was just like everybody else. So there's two here. So I saw somebody write something about this today. And, I, and I, here's, a, here's my challenge. And I saw people writing, you know, the problem with America. And then it goes, it's me. You know, there's personal responsibility, but there's also responsibility pointing out. See, that's the, that's the prophetic nature that I have inside of me where I say, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. You have to look at that. There's two parts here. Lot had no integrity because his sons-in-laws were just like, you're joking, no big deal, right? He wanted to give up his daughters. That shows you how bad of a sin homosexuality is or, or you know, doing that. So, but the responsible of the son-in-laws are what? They wanted to live in that city. They wanted to raise their kids in that city where men behave like that. Mm -hmm. With the coming of the dawn and the angels um, urged Lot saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, 
for you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. So he did not go willingly. He hesitated, didn't he? He didn't say, oh yeah, let's go, guys, we got to get out of here. That's why his, his son-in-laws didn't listen. Mm-hmm. What happened to his son-in-laws? Dying. They were killed. Okay. Mm, okay. 16. Thank you. As soon as they fled, they, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back and do not stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains for you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, no, my lords, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life, but I can't flee the mountains. The disaster will overtake me and I will die. Look, here's a town near enough for me to run to. And it's small. Let me flee to it. It's very small, isn't it? And then my life will be spared. He said, well, very well, I will grant this request to you. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. Um, that is why the town there is called Zoar. But the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land, and the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah um, from the Lord of the heavens. Thus he overthrew through those cities and the entire plain, including those living in the cities, and also the vegetation of the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. So here's something I want to I want to teach on this. In our lives, as we go through our lives, and as we grow, and as everything that's going on, the problem that so many Christians have is they look back, and their past influences and and demands of their future. When it shouldn't. Forgiven sin is forgiven. Has no more power. Has no more power on you. When you forgive somebody, you have to let it go and run. But so many Christians are are in bondage to sin that they have been forgiven of, but they haven't forgiven themselves. When you look back to anything that you have gone through, and when you do that, you are going to be turned into a pillar of salt. You're not going to be able to keep... You've got to keep your eyes focused. You have to understand... Is the window, right, is the window in your car bigger in the front or in the back? In the front. Okay? Why? And here's the other thing. You know, when you look in a mirror, it says things appear closer than they really are. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that your past is dying to pull you back. Mm-hmm. Wants to destroy your life. But God has set you free for greatness. That's what you have to run after. Amen. 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 Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land and the plain. He saw dense smoke rising from the land and smoke from the furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities that where Lot had lived. Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains for where he was afraid to stay in Zor. He and his two daughters lived in the cave. One day the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man around here to lie with us, as is a custom over all the earth. Let us go to our father to drink wine, and then lie with him, and preserve our family through our father. Nasty. That night they got, this is why you shouldn't drink. Just saying again. (laughs) The next day the older daughter said to the younger daughter, Um, uh, um, sorry, 
That night they got their father drunk with wine, and the older daughter went and lay with him, and he was not aware of it when he lay down or where or when she got up. The next day the older daughter said to the younger, Last night I lay with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight and go in and lie with him so we can preserve our family line for our father. So they got their father drunk wine that night also, and the younger daughter went and lay with him. Again, he was not aware when he lay down or when he got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son. She named him Moab. He is the father of Moabites today. The younger daughter also had a son. She named him Ben-Amin. And he uh, became the father of the Amorites of today. Yeah. I, who who I, contended I, with Israel. Yeah. I'd like to uh, share something here. So first of all, when Kent was speaking about the pillar of salt, I was thinking about the pillar of salt. And he was giving an example. He was giving like instruction about the past. Um, so two things. When you think about pillar of salt, pillar is something that don't move. Right. It's, it's static. It's there. It's like a, a, um, a column of stone, but at the same time sustain something. A column, a pillar is there to sustain um, the, I forgot the name, the, I forgot. Arch? Uh, uh, arch? Not Ceiling? Arch. The, roof? Whatever. Um, but it's static. It's there and, and, and I'm saying that because I'm architect, so I'm thinking with a like a column. We need to do the foundation of this column, uh, this pillar, um, and this pillar has a a, a a foundation because need to sustain the beam, the beam. Beam. Yeah. So when we think about a column, a pillar of salt is something static. Is something that has a foundation. Is something that is there to maintain. And in this case, she wanted to maintain her Ooh, lifestyle. That's good. She wanted to maintain her uh, uh, previous life. Oh, no. Sorry, with a scan. Um, she wants. She looked behind. Because she was thinking about everything that she was uh, losing when she was running away from the city. So she had, she had her foundation on that lifestyle and she wanted to keep that. She wanted to maintain this lifestyle. So... And then when you think about the salt, when you are, you are not open for the new things that God is bringing to you through a movement, when you are moving, when you are in movement, God is able to show you what you have in front, what you have for your future. Uh, when you are not open for that, you will stay static, you stay in the same place, you don't want to open, be open for the, the new uh, what is happening? You uh, start to look back, and you turns in a 
column of salt and if you think about the salt the salt is good in the the small small portion just to uh, taste the food just to put like uh, when we are cooking we are just take a, a little portion and put in the but if you put too much nobody can eat the 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 food so it's the same here she turned in a pillar of salt she turned in something static in something that don't move in something with the foundation um, in a bad things to maintain her lifestyle and something that is difficult to eat difficult to to you know and if you try to eat that you need a lot of water after that so um, that's something that you need to think about and bringing what what uh, Ken spoke about the past some people are in depression are uh, sad are, are, are with disease are with a um, how can I say the skin disease or rash, huh? rash cancer Could, because they are looking the past because they are not able to forgive people and forgive them with the hurts from the past so what I like to teach my coaches when I'm teaching about that uh, so I like to use the car and he uses the car metaphor is about uh, you need to look the past like you 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 see the mirror here when you are driving you see the mirror here just to see what is uh, behind you but all the time you are looking in front okay so the only time you need you need to look the past and imagine you are driving a car is to learn with the wrong things that happen in your life and to celebrate the conquers. You you can't live in the past anymore. The past is on the past. You can't live there. Because if you try to live there, you will be angry, you will be depressed, we will be um, uh, sick of that. But other thing, most of, many people are telling me I'm uh, uh, with anxiety, I'm anxious. Anxious is when you are looking too much to the future. So can you uh, drive a car just looking the mirror? No, you can't. Can you drive a car just looking in front all the time and don't doing anything here? No, you can't. But you put there your GPS, your ways or whatever. You put there just to see the, 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 the way, the path. And your attention is dead. You know where are you going. You know uh, your destiny. But all your attention is here in the present. All your, all your attention is here. Um, so we say 10% of your attention needs to be in the past to learn with the wrong things that happen and to celebrate the conquers. 30% needs to be in the future and then you know where uh, you are going and then you can adjust here, 60% of your attention here to adjust and to do the actions to arrive there. 
and that was what Lot was doing. He was, I know where I need to go, but her, his wife chose to look back, chose to look the past, chose, chose to look. And he went, he went to, to front, he was doing actions, he called the, the, the brothers in, uh, um, the sons-in-law and nothing happened, but well, I'm going. But the second thing that I want to say here is Lot uh, leave Sodoma, but Sodoma d didn't leave Lot. So sometimes we are, God is opening new opportunities for you. God is opening new things for you to leave, but you is still with the um, actions, you is still with the mindset of the place you left. And it's time for you to change. It's a new age, it's a new year, it's a new mindset is a new opportunity so you need to grow you need to change for the next level you need to change your mindset to leave the new things that god has for you so that's the two encouragement the three encouragement that i want to give for you so look where is your foundation what you are supporting if you are looking back too much to the past maybe you will be uh like uh, Lot's wife. Not maybe. Not maybe. If yeah. you look to the past, yeah. you will stop. Yeah. There's no maybe. There is that's exactly. an app. You can take that to the bank. Mm -hmm. So look uh, to back. Look the second thing. Look the past just to learn and, and celebrate the conquers and learn with the mistakes. Look the future to know where you are going and Stay focused in your present with massive actions to uh, go to your destiny. And when you arrive in your destiny, change your mindset. Open for the new things. Don't bring back the past to your, your uh, new opportunity. Okay? Psalm 3. Oh Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud. He answers me from his holy hill. I lie down and sleep. I will awake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. Arise, O Lord. Deliver me, O my God. Strike all my enemies in the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. For the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Amen. Amen. Now Luke chapter 7. When Jesus had finished saying all this in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. There was a centurion servant who his master valued highly. He was sick and about to die. The centurion heard Jesus and, and, and heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to... Now watch this. I, I want you to understand that... The Jews during that time, the leaders, they placated the Romans. They kissed the Romans' butt because they wanted to maintain their, their leadership, their authority, their autonomy. Rome hated Israel because 
They wanted just to dominate like they dominated everywhere else and just, you know, and eventually they ended up doing that. But at this time, they were like, okay, well, let's let them, let's have peace with the sun. Let's not continue to war with these people. But these guys sold out the, the, the Jewish rulers, the Jewish hierarchy within the church. They, wrote, they, they sold out to Rome so they could have power. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's happening in the United States today. If you look at many Christian leaders, they're selling out to this government. They're selling out and they're speaking everything they want to against X, Y, and Z. But they don't speak against stuff. They don't speak against the, you know what I mean? Because they know that, no, listen, this has to be said. Because we are in a crucial time and men and women of God, if you don't stand up, if you don't stand up and point out the lies, you don't have to sit there and shoot anybody. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making with your mouth saying, hey, this is, and that's what, that's what John the Baptist did. That's why he got thrown into prison. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we've got to point out what is happening. And so here in this situation, the, the centurions sent Jewish leaders because they, they wanted to look good in the centurion's eyes. How shocked are they? Because mm-hmm. he's saying, I want you to go talk to them so that I, they can heal my, my servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built a synagogue. So Jesus went, Jesus went to them. He was not far off from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority and with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes. And that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him and turned to the crowd following him and said, I tell you, I have not found such faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain and his disciples and had a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out the only son of the mother, she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. And he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin. And the young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they, sh- they said. God has come to help us and his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. John's disciples told him about all these things, calling, to, uh, calling two of them. He sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who has come? Who should we expect somebody else? Or are we to expect somebody else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you do? Or why? Uh, what did you go? 
Why did see your mind says, yeah. Why did you go out to the desert to see? What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? Three times he asked. A prophet? Yes, and I tell you more than a prophet. This is the one whom is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you. I will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is greater, uh, one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' word, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts of the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they did not they had not been baptized by John. To what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace calling out to each other. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you said there's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proven right by all her children. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman had lived a sinful life, that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with her hair. Now, guys, context, a woman's hair is her glory. That's what, that's what, that's what um, Proverbs talks about. Uh, and that was a custom that a woman's hair was her glory. Okay? Many women, <laughs> would, you know, would you want to wipe your hair on somebody's feet to clean their feet? No way. Right? It'd be disgusting. But she, she wet his feet with her tears and she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. Now you have to understand... Guys, his feet were not covered with Nikes. They were covered in, they were, they were uh, cow poop, goat poop, chicken poop, dust, dirt, whatever. Nasty. It was nasty. Okay? When the Pharisees who had invited saw this, they said to himself, oh, and then she wiped him down with her hair. She poured out the perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had, who had been invited saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. Now imagine you having that thought in your head and then Jesus goes, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money and a certain money lender, one owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not give me any water for my feet. Which is hugely insulting in that culture in that time. Mm -hmm. Okay? So... By that not happening, the Pharisee was actually disrespecting Jesus. Mm -hmm. Didn't honor him at all. Because for any other guest, you would do that. But not Jesus. 
She did, okay, do you see this woman that came into my house? You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. Now listen. The truth of the matter is every single person listening has a ton to be forgiven of. The, the fact of the matter is the person, the Pharisee, didn't think he had anything to be forgiven of. He was prideful. He was spiritually arrogant. So he thought he had little to be forgiven for. But it's not the truth. He has so much to be forgiven for. He needed to repent so much. But he didn't see it because he was spiritually blind. He was spiritually arrogant. Let us never be like that. Amen. Amen. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. Amen. Guys. And here we can see God is giving a new opportunity to her. Amen. We don't know what's happened with her after that, but she bringing the lot, uh, what we talk about lot. If she goes to this new opportunity with the the, the old mindset, for sure will she will go back to seeing life. So here's my here's my challenge for you. Take time today, and be not like the Pharisee. But see the sin that you have and that it's great. And ask God to walk. If, if you have not. Listen, if you've asked God for forgiveness, you, can't, you know, he has washed it away. But seek God. Open your heart. Say, God, look into me. See. That's what intimacy is. Intimacy with God is into me. See. Like you have intimacy with me, right? Because I let you see everything. Yeah. You see the best parts. You see the worst parts. That's what, we, that's what a marriage is all about. Amen. We're seeing, we're being intimate with each other. We show each other. And so those are the things that God wants to see, your intimacy parts. You can't hide from Him, okay? You can't. He knows everything. So just be honest with Him. And when you're honest with Him, you're being honest with yourself. When you're honest with yourself, you can actually make a change and be radically changed, radically different. And just like the woman who bawled her eyes out and washed his feet and perfumed his feet, you know, you can be that as well. I and mean, you can go on into a new life and a new change, Amen. not looking back, but looking forward in Amen. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this time today. We ask that you continue to bless everybody that's listening to this. Let them know that, that you are real. Amen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, I invite you to go to our store, visit our store. It's very cool with all products my husband created. So, bit.ly forward slash shop royal fisher. And the fisher is spelled F I S C H E R. Anyway, see you guys. See you tomorrow. Bye bye. Deuces. Bye. Ciao, ciao, Brazil.